Hello, everyone. This is Alex Orfanos, your host for Today in Space. Today is December 1st, 2012. Thanks for uh, listening. I really appreciate it. Thanks for everyone who checked out the website last week after the launch. Uh, really appreciate that for everyone who uh, who did that for me and who wanted to check out the show, learn something new. Very happy to have you here. Um, I'd like to start. Um, I don't think there's anything uh, need to be correct from last week other than the fact that I would like to thank uh, a few people that I know who are fans, who are friends, um, who actually, you know, gave their, their opinion. They actually listened to the show, came up to me and, uh, and told me what they thought. Uh, really appreciate the honesty. Thank you, East Coast people. And, uh, <laughs> um, no, but seriously, um, uh, last week I was just a little stiff. I uh, really wasn't feeling it, but I knew I had to put something out. And, you know, I was trying something new. Uh, I was trying a different format, a different way, different types of topics. It didn't work out, clearly. Um, but thank you for those who stuck through the beginning of it. It was a little rough. I apologize. Um, also, was still kind of stuck in the uh, Mike and Alex way of recording, um, where it's pretty much click, record, and that's what you get. Um, I realized with this, it should probably be a little more produced. So, uh, look forward to that. Um, got a lot of things coming up today, um, between, you know, the short film Wanderers, um, if anyone saw it, if not, um, I'll be talking about it coming up. Uh, and if you want to listen to it and follow along with me in your ear <laughs> while you're watching it, um, we'll do it later, probably towards the end of the episode. Um, and you'll just be able to line it up. Um, there's also, you know, we've got some updates on Jupiter's moon Ganymede, G-A-N-Y-M-E-D-E. -E. Uh, you know, what is it? What's so special about it? And why are we talking about it? And some other things, 3D printing in space. We finally got there, guys. Um, history was made, uh, early last week. So we'll talk about that. What does that mean? Where is it going to bring us? Um, then, uh, some more 3D printing stuff like, uh, they figured out how to make a cup that pours coffee without the use of gravity. More on that later. Um, again, thank you for listening. Here we go. Today, 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 in space, in space, in space. And now on to Ganymede, and I did look up the pronunciation this time beforehand. Uh, it's one of the moons of Jupiter. Uh, it's larger than Mercury and Pluto, uh, the the now dwarf planet of the system, but don't worry, he's much happier that way. Um, it's also, Ganymede is also three quarters the size of Mars. Now this is, this is just a moon uh, of Jupiter. Um, so, you know, this is so big that if, if it were in the place of any other planet in our solar system, uh, this would be a planet. I mean, it's that big, but in comparison to Jupiter, it, it's, and it's orbiting Jupiter, it makes it its own moon. Um, it's also considered one of the largest satellites uh, in our solar, solar system. Uh, satellite meaning, uh, if I'm not mistaken, anything that just uh, is in space, has mass, and orbits. Um, it's made of three layers. Uh, the first is a sphere of metallic iron uh, at the core, uh, which generates the magnetic field for uh, the moon, uh, which, of course, is all encompassed by the magnetic field of Jupiter itself. Um, number two, uh, the second layer, is a spherical shell of rock, uh, the mantle, uh, surrounding the whole core. And then on top of that, uh, surrounding the, the rock is a spherical shell of ice. Uh, and the ice 
you know, shell this probably contains rocks now. Um, this is all information um, that we've had up until uh, this this newest research came out. Um, but before that, some some big events in, in Ganymede. 1996, um, scientists found evidence of a thin oxygen atmosphere, but it's too thin for life as we know it to, to be able to survive there. Uh, in 2004, uh, scientists discovered regular lumps beneath the icy surface, and you know they had some explanations for it, but really it was it wasn't enough to, to go off of. Now, 2014, uh, Ganymede may be similar more similar to earth than we thought um the moon may have ice and ocean stacked up in several layers like um a club sandwich as they say uh you know like a club sandwich uh this article um quoted it uh so before uh, we thought it was just one layer of ice and ocean uh now there could be multiple layers on it uh, so all right so how did how did these scientists even get to the point where they can say this I'm glad you asked, imaginary person. Um, so they modeled uh, Ganymede on a computer, ladies and gentlemen. They modeled the moon on a computer. So <laughs> uh, they they created a simulation of it so that they can make some type of scientific guess based on the parameters they put into it. If it puts ice in, it's going to react like ice does. If they put rock, it's going to react like rock does, as far as the simulation software could allow it. Um, so... Uh, how do they get to this point? So they took into account the ocean and ice uh, in the model for the first time. So, uh, you know, they had to do some other tests. So through some other laboratory experiments, the scientists showed that salt increased the density of the liquids in extreme conditions inside of Ganymede. So that means that the simulation now showed that ice could be more compact under the crushing pressures uh, on the moon. Um, so that leads them to find that there could be up to three layers of ice in addition to a rocky sea floor. So, of course, this makes it another perfect candidate for life to uh, either have happened there, could happen there, or may happen there. Um, so this is huge. I mean, uh, the fact that it has an ocean that's, that's enormous, um, has all these pressures, and there's areas where rock and water interact, uh, which would be very good for life uh, to form. You've also got a sea floor that's potentially not just ice. Uh, it actually has ocean um, and, and a place where life could happen. Um, so it, it becomes it becomes very important for a few things. Uh, now, in our searches for exoplanets, um, you know, they could just be water worlds covered in oceans. Um, but the more we can learn from this, uh, the more we can look for better candidates for where life could be or where we may need to send life later. Um, you never know. Um, you know, if, if we can't find a way to reverse climate change at some point, maybe thousands of years, maybe, no, probably not millions of years, thousands of years, we probably are going to have a bad situation here as far as the weather goes uh, for having life to sustain here. So we need to look for other places. So this makes it a perfect, perfect candidate. And that's the what and how on Jupiter's moon Ganymede. Ladies and gentlemen, we have made history as mankind. We have finally built something in space. Uh, we've 3D printed in space for the first time. Uh, November 25th, um, there was a test piece that was made um, on the Made in Space printer. Uh, that the SpaceX CRS...
four mission, uh, I'll check that for later, uh, brought up on a resupply mission. Uh, and they just uh, do a joint effort between Made in Space and NASA um, and the astronauts on board. They were able to 3D print that test piece so that they can see how 3D printing works in space, in microgravity. Um, and it, it looked like it worked very well, um, especially just from, from a picture. The astronaut was holding it up. Uh, you know, it's a little block. Um, I don't know, I'd say maybe three to four inches. You, you, I'll make sure the photo is up on the website under this link. Um, it has made in space on, it looks like 3D block letters uh, and NASA. And it's got two holes, uh, maybe for mounting, I don't know. Uh, or maybe they were testing um, how much the shrinkage of the plastic from melted to cooled, um, how the dimensions changed. Um, I could imagine them doing some type of, a type of tolerancing because uh, that is an issue you need to, take into account when you're designing something in plastic or really anything you have to take into account it's shrinkage because from melted to cooled it will change um but moving on it seemed like again like i said it worked very well um one of the things that they are looking into is that the bond to the tray so the 3d printer prints onto what is most likely a, a heated bed but it's a tray uh the bond was mightier mightier uh, than they originally uh, considered. So um, what what this article was saying uh, and what the scientists are saying is that uh, the bonds in microgravity uh, are probably different. Um, that's probably what they're saying the, the reasoning might be. So um, the bonds may actually be better uh, in space. One could infer, but uh, there's no facts to back that up yet. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, so, so, so what, what does 3d printing in space mean? Um, it means for right now, uh, you know, in the future here, astronauts will be able to basically just bring up raw material and then print, uh, from there. Uh, they won't have to bring up, um, five wrenches. They just need five wrenches and, uh, five screwdrivers and, uh, 20 bolts and you know just in case something breaks because you got to wait for the next uh launch to get any supplies and then god forbid something like the Antares incidents happens and you're you're you now have less of that material granted they plan all these missions so that they don't run into an issue where oh god forbid the Antares thing happens again and now you're screwed they plan for that but um this now means that they can just bring up all you know uh extra material they can budget and say you know well we've we've still got you know 10 kilograms of plastic up here you know we probably only need another 10 um so they can budget that a lot, a lot easier um is it astronomical savings in weight Meh, no but it's definitely enough that uh an organization that's always looking to cut costs that's always looking to do it cheaper and better it's the right direction um it's probably more efficient uh, it's, well, it's definitely a more efficient use of, uh, materials. Um, but what, what else does this mean? Uh, this means that, uh, it, you know, what else are we going to use 3D printing for? Uh, we've already seen a few industries come out about 3D printing moon bases, using the soil of the moon, um, sending, let's just say robots there to build houses so that, that by the time we already send 
people onto the planet, boom, baby. I mean, we are rocking and rolling. We've got we've got bases already set. You just need to put the stuff in. I mean, that's that is that is beautiful. Uh, Mars bases, you know, wherever the soil. If we bring binder, we can mix the soil in like a powder into this mixture, and then all of a sudden, you are literally printing from the material that the planet is made out of. You know, it's it, it, it that is perfect. I mean. Um, that is about as quick as you're going to get to populating some kind of colony on another planet. I mean, this makes it possible. Uh, this is a huge deal. And, and what I really think uh, really needs to happen, and I'm not the only one that thinks this, um, but we need to start building in space. It is a long way off, but any little thing that we can do to get us there, um, if we can build in space, we don't have to build, then launch, then prepare it for space, then go out. It's built, it's ready, and you don't have to spend the billions of dollars on, excuse me, on fuel trying to just get it off the damn planet to escape gravity. You know how expensive that would be and how many rockets you'd need to do if you had just, let's just say the, you know, the, what's the most, one of the most famous spaceships? USS Enterprise, Star Trek, right? If you tried to lift that thing off the planet, we don't have the capabilities to do that. We'd, we'd probably blow up half the planet trying to do that. Um, I don't know about that, but it, it, it's nearly impossible. So what else is, is next for 3D printing? Well, as far as 3D printing in space, uh, there's going to be two more uh, 3D printers that should be going into space. Uh, the second made in space uh, 3D printer uh, is going to go up there, and what that one's going to do uh, even though, uh, just to to, re to go back a little bit, um, the the first 3D printing one that we're talking about today is going to be printing a few test coupons, as they're calling them. Um, and it'll be the next few months, uh, and they'll get sent back to Earth for more detailed analysis so we can figure out what's going on up there. Uh, the second one, um, which is what I started this little ramble on, um, is going to be going up there so that we can commercialize the process, so that we can make it readily available for people to 3D print in space uh, once they're already up there. Uh, and then the third one um, will is one created by the Italians um, that should be going up there while Samantha Cristoforetti, uh, an Italian, uh, I think she's an astronaut, um, space woman, uh, she will, uh, probably be helping out with that effort, um, with the 3D printing, and I will make sure to keep you all up to date on anything that happens 3D printing in space. Now, on to, um, the thing I said earlier about the crazy cup that pours without gravity, um, what the hell am I talking about? So uh, it was around Thanksgiving. I think it was on Thanksgiving. I uh, was reading an article about, uh, you know, that astronauts can finally now enjoy coffee in space. And I'm thinking, uh, I never even, you know, uh, I knew they there weren't a lot of luxuries in space, but I guess I really didn't consider coffee. Um, <clears throat> so there's, there's two parts to this. So there is um, a system... Uh, you know, most of the liquids on the ISS, there's, uh, there's like a little bag, and then you got to squeeze it out because obviously you can't pour it out. There's, it's microgravity; it, it won't go anywhere, especially since the liquid's going to stick to the container. You got to force it out. Um, so 
uh, you know, start reading the article, you find out that there's uh, an Italian coffee uh, product manufacturer that's been around since the 1800s. Um, and a partnership between Argo Tech and the Italian Space Agency, um, they created a agency. Sorry about that. <laughs> they created a machine called the ISS Espresso. Um, and it can brew a perfect cup of espresso uh, in, as the article states, the comforts of zero gravity conditions. Um, there's nothing like floating out of bed in the morning, grabbing your hot bag of hot coffee, coffee and slurping it down through a plastic straw. Um, so it goes through how this, this machine works, um, and it's all great, but, you know, it would be really nice to have a cup of coffee. I mean, that's part of the whole experience of having a cup of coffee. Um, you know, you, you drink it out, you put it down, you feel the warmth of it, you know, plastic bags are right, but if we can do it, let's, let's get a real cup of coffee. So what do they do? They, they, the, the team, uh, 3D printed, uh, or designed a cup that can be 3D printed um, so that astronauts could enjoy uh, coffee in space. So what's, why, how can it flow? If, if, if there's no gravity, how is it going to come out? So to quote the team, uh, the shape of the container can passively migrate fluid to desired locations without moving parts using passive forces of wetting and surface tension. Uh, its geometry is the smart part which operate the fluids control system without requiring pumps or centrifugal forces. So um, the container itself is designed so that just using the surface tension ability of the coffee, because it's a bunch of oils that are heated, um, it's just using the power of surface tension and wetting tension to pour this out of this cup uh you know the picture is very <laughs> it's just the outside image of the cup sideways pouring like you know in the, in the pouring position um can't really see a top i don't know if it's open um at the top or whatever but the it just makes you think about holy crap like there's a lot going on with that thing and it's so simple and they'll actually be able to use it they'll be able to make that on the station all they got to do is send them a file and uh probably a working procedure um, there's got to be stuff that's going to be inputted into the machine. Uh, there's got to be, you know, conditions. They got to make sure, uh, I'm guessing they've got an enclosed bed so they, they can monitor and control the temperature changes inside. So in short, there's a lot that has to happen. Um, but they'll be able to enjoy a cup of coffee. Thanks to these guys who figured out a way to go over gravity. I mean, it's... <laughs> That's that's the science fiction stuff we never talk about. I mean, this is going to open up the, the the repercussions of this are are already going to be set in motion. There's already a class being developed by some professor who uh, either worked on the team or or has something out to prove, and he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna do all this research and, and come up with a with with a teachable class for this new space fluids. Because listen, I'm an I'm an aerospace engineer. I had the fluids classes. Those classes are tough. You you dream in fluids. You 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 can't get away from it. You you learn the material, and every day you're grinding it, grinding it, grinding it, and you're 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 literally to the point where your brain, while it's putting all the things it needs to do in the right places, your memories, your, you know, make sure your heart's still beating. You're thinking about freaking fluids. Now, I love them, but holy crap, 
the PTSD that I've probably gotten from that class, and I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in space fluids. Holy crap, that's going to be a hard class, but I would take it if I had the opportunity. So as soon as someone, because <laughs> I'm a zealot for pain, apparently. Um, but no, uh, seriously, uh, it's really cool, and there's going to be a lot of new stuff that's going to come out of this. Um, you know, this is where the, the money comes whole, you know, th this is where the, this is the value stuff that, that people are looking for, um, in, in space, these little tiny things where they just figure out a way scientifically to basically go around some physical phenomena like gravity. And they figure out how to reproduce pouring as an action without gravity there's going to be papers written about this, and someone is going to have to TA for that course and try to explain it to kids when they're not even when the person who taught them it isn't one hundred percent sure. <laughs> so uh, look forward, uh, look for more into that. Um, you know what else is that going to specific examples? Um, fuel tanks, life support equipment. Uh, plant and animal living areas, cooling systems, anything with fluids that involves space, which will be a lot of things, especially if we start really getting out there, this has a legitimate application. But enough about that. We now move to the Wanderers uh, short film. So um, I'm going to set this up here. Um, if you want to get on your computer uh, and turn it on or however you've got your audio set up, if you want to listen to it or just listen to me talk over the short film, I'm going to have it on pause. Uh, I'm on, on mute. Sorry. Um, can't play it through this. Um, but uh, we'll do a line up here. So I'll cut it down from three and then you can press play. So three, two, one. All right. So just press play. So things starts off. Uh, I like the little tagline. Uh, all locations depicted in the short film are recreations of actual places, and it's gone. All right, so it starts off with uh, the words of Carl Sagan. Um, very cool. Um, I, I want to learn more about him. I never really knew too much about him, um, but uh, he's very influential from what I can understand. So opening title, Wanderers. We open up. So what else we got here? So we've got a pretty interstellar looking spaceship kind of just flying over some planet you know you you probably guess it was earth just by looking at it spaceship opens up there's a the little tiny human hanging there and then holy shit it's freaking jupiter in the background it's the eye of the storm they're they're freaking out there man that that could definitely that this next place is probably orbiting around europa Looks like particles in the air. Now they're in the rings of Saturn. There's just there's just a human. There's just an astronaut floating around there, just checking out his backyard. It's just freaking Saturn. He's in the rings of fucking Saturn. It's fucking crazy. And then holy shit, there's a space elevator that this you know spaceship or elevator is working on. You know, uh, it doesn't even need fuel. He's just going up and down. It doesn't need a, like a you know crazy thruster. It just travels this elevator to another planet where there's another colony. Then you see all these guys on the desert. There's this huge airship, um, but it's you know it's just like holy crap. But yeah, like we could do that. You know, a whole bunch of people checking out a crazy sunset uh, on some planet. They're just in they're just in costumes. So we've got we've got 
bases just built into the side of of the mountain here of of whatever we are and there's there's friggin saturn in the distance like this crazy now there's you know this crazy asteroid spinning and there's a base right on it you know it doesn't even have to be a planet uh more interstellar stuff right here it's like the the uh, it's like it's going through a tube um it's almost like we control the gravity it's, it looks like halo's rings you know um now it looks like we're on a train uh and there's fucking ju dude can you imagine if people could see this stuff uh, we can't even see our regular uh night sky because of all the light pollution you know imagine if we could see all this crap people would still be miserable and <laughs> and not think it was enough but at least we would have that you know there's this guy jumping off a cliff and it's freaking neptune in the background dude and it's low gravity so they're just floating down that is fucking insane and it would be awesome like uh, the, the what this guy does is just it's so beautiful that he's captured and this is all real images dude this is real images and and maps of these places that are really there and then it closes to this this astronaut this is very very beautiful girl and she's just you can just tell she's smiling because she's like holy crap like i can i can see this we're actually here you know so anyways i enjoyed that it, it, like it's it's not even the full three three minutes and 40 seconds like it's three minutes and 20 seconds and then the credits at the end um you know eric vernquist man thank you for that short film dude it had me dreaming it had me thinking um it, it, i hope that's where we end up dude i really like the dream that you're going for there it and even if it doesn't come across that way you made me dream so i think that's just as important i mean i think i think science fiction is almost as important as the science itself um which is why uh you know look forward to uh, later this week, uh, we're probably recording it tomorrow. Uh, me and uh, one of my old friends are going to come on and we're going to do an entire episode just on the movie Interstellar. Um, so if you haven't seen it, don't listen to the episode. Um, it's extra content for anybody else who's uh, seen the movie. Um, we're going to talk about what do we like about it? What do we hate about it? Um, what, you know, what parts were fiction, what parts <laughs> were science, you know, um, but we're really, it's really just a fun time with a friend and just have some conversation. It'll probably be a little bit longer on uh, some of the episodes, but you never know. Um, just going to come across two friends having a good conversation, um, trading ideas, dreaming, thinking, which is what I hope uh, everyone gets out of this uh, podcast. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, any questions, um, go to todayinspace.squarespace.com, uh, and go to the contact section. Um, if you have any comments, I'm pretty sure the comments are up on the, the website themselves. Uh, so any, any individual episodes you want to do a comment to talk some shit, whatever, um, hit me up. Um, look forward to another, uh, episode next week. And I really appreciate, um, all the, the, um, honest feedback I've been getting from some of my friends and some of the fans of the show. Um, you know, like today, uh, I was out of the gym. Uh, it's Monday. Got to start the week off right. Um, and when, you know, you, you got to have a healthy balance of brain and body, man. You know, you can't, you can't go all the way down the rabbit hole on either end. 
Um, you really do need to, especially if you're working one, you should work the other just as hard. So since I'm basically crossfitting with my brain all the time with the stuff that I deal with, you've got to put in the time to let your body work. Uh, I choose kettlebells. Uh, that's, I, I like the, the benefit I get from them. Um, but anyways, the, the, you know, I like, I really do like the gym for a while there. I never really could get myself to go to the gym. I like doing it at home. But, uh, you know, this, this year I've found some, some really good friends, some of my fraternity brothers, um, there at the gym that I'm going to. And we, we just, we just talk, you know, you, you get, you get your work done, you have your plan, get it done. And then in between while you're taking breaks, you're laughing, you're joking, you're talking shit. Uh, one of the guys, you know, saw me as I was getting out of the, uh, the, uh, the locker room out of, uh, after changing and he's like, Hey, you know, I got to talk to you. You know, I want to tell you, I want to be honest with you. And I'm like, shit. All right, good. Like, let's go. He goes, man, he goes, you know, hey, you know, say, you know, it was, it was a little boring, you know, the last episode, you know, you gotta, you gotta talk about it. You gotta be passionate about it. You gotta, you gotta really get into it. And, and I cannot tell you that that was some great fucking advice. I appreciate the fact that you were being honest with me. And I, I listened to the episode afterwards. I, I, heard the exact same thing and I got really upset because I was trying something different. I was trying to, um, do a format I'm not regular with. It was, it was a, it was a gamble. You know, I tried something new, uh, and it, it didn't, I did not like what it did. So, uh, thank you for, for having the, you know, the cojones to come up to me and, and, and tell me that. I mean, that's why I put it out there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like an open wound for me. I mean, I, I appreciate the, the people, you know, don't want to just, tell me they didn't like it, but I, I, I appreciate it because I was feeling the same exact thing. If no one said anything to me, you know, it was a good affirmation that, uh, we were on the same page. Um, of course, I don't want every Tom, Dick and Mary to come up to me and, and fucking tell me what their opinion is. But from a friend to a friend to someone who really cares, I really appreciate that, bro. So thanks a lot. I hope this episode came out a lot better. Um, I'm going to try it out. Let me know if you guys liked it. Um, let me know if you guys didn't like it. Um, but either way, I'll make sure to, every time, keep trying. Just keep trying something new. Um, it ain't going to be pretty most of the time. I can tell you that from the time I've been doing R&D. That shit ain't easy, and it's going to be hard most of the time. But when you figure it out, it's fucking beautiful. So um, as explicit as this show is uh, <laughs> today... Uh, I hope it just comes across as passion and not just a bunch of words. So enjoy yourselves, get what you need done for the week, and then enjoy yourselves, guys. Have a great week. I'll see you next time. Next episode, Interstellar. Hope you like it. Bye, guys.